Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? How's it going? Had a nice week off. It was great. Should make yeah. this a, bi- a bi-monthly podcast. Bi- you mean, well, bi-weekly could be translated two ways. It could be every other week or it could be a, or it could be twice, twice a, week. a week. That's why I said bi-monthly. Well, bi-monthly would be once every other month or twice a month. Right. So twice. So a you month. want the ambiguity? I don't know. I like the uh, I like the weekly catch up. But anyway, we were we were off last week, which is I was able to stagger the release. So yeah, which uh, which out. had a lot of criticism from people. Yeah, saying okay. hey, it would be great to because it's timely, right? The things we talk about can be timely. That's true. Yeah, yeah. My laziness. Uh, I decided to take advantage of my laziness. I'll admit it. So the other thing, the other note that I got. That was criticism of the podcast was okay. I really love your podcast. This is from Mary, who's a friend of the show. Shout out to Mary. Okay. Mary listens to this while she's working, right? Mary works in a lab and she likes to have this on speaker, right? <laughs> so you can do lab work and listening to the podcast. The problem is one of us has a filthy mouth and it's hard to listen to the podcast when someone is out there with their, with their New York, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Their their New York crassness, grit. Is it With grit? grit? Would you would you or... call would you call my New York uh my New York cousin the grit? Would you consider me a gritty person? No, in the <laughs> Not in the in the in the definition that I am large, orange, and hairy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, right. Yeah, that's true. So, None of those things. So yeah. So if anything, I think it would just be uh. The note that I've gotten is that, hey, you know, look, a little language is fine. We're all adults, but sometimes Jason can get on a roll and uh, you got you to turn it down. There's young ears listening. So sometimes um, you just need sentence enhancers. That's what SpongeBob called them. And wait, wait, SpongeBob cursed. <laughs> well, there was an episode where they figured out how to curse and they would always like do some sort of weird censorship. And then I think Mr. Krabs beat him up. Uh, something like that happened. <laughs> Sure. He, he seemed to have, you know, you know, Mr. Krabs, he's probably a racist, right? I, I was too old dropping, for Sponge. I'll be very honest. I was too old some, for SpongeBob. Um, some I, racial I know about epithets. I know about SpongeBob. I've never watched an episode of SpongeBob. I was just a little too old when SpongeBob got super popular. Yeah, I'd say if anybody is uh, dropping curses like crazy, it's probably Mr. Krabs. That guy's a lot of angst. What, what about know? the squid? What about the squid that plays Squidward? Yeah. Nah, Squidward just wants to be alone. I, I just don't exactly. think he likes anybody. I don't think he's yeah. like a racist, but I mean, something's Mr. Krabs has some stuff going on. I mean, that dude was a crab, obviously. His name was Mr. Krabs, and his daughter was a whale. Okay. Like, something's, something's happening. <laughs> and I yeah. don't know what it is. And he's, and he, that, that dude had some grit. But anyway, sentence enhancers, that's where, that, that's what they called it. And sometimes you just you just can't quite control it. You know, like you said, when you're on a roll, you're on a roll. Look, I mean, thank you for listening. Um, I'm sure you work with adults who can handle it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Mary. I tried. And that's the answer that you got. And, now look. And unapolo- an unapologetic sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> And isn't that why you listen? Like, I, I got to ask, because it's like, are you going to stop listening? Because you you represent a substantial percentage of our listeners. And if this is going to stop you from listening, then let us know. And I would let us know in the form of a review on uh, iTunes. Let, let us know. <laughs> let you know. 
let us know. No, let us know through a review on iTunes. Fair enough. Formally put in writing. So yeah, so those are my notes from the last okay. couple of podcasts. Lots of I great gotta, content. Everyone's excited about it. It's just sometimes a little hard to listen because Jason's got the mouth of a sailor. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sorry. This is this is America. We got a lot going on here. There's a lot of shit going on in this country. <laughs> All right. I tried, I'm Mary. I'm sorry tried. if I use a little bit of salt in my language. <laughs> All right. I got speaking of salt, how's this for a transition? Drew. Another friend of the podcast. I got feedback from a few people. All right. Drew wrote, and here's the thing. If you give us feedback, we'll read it. I'll read it. You know, obviously John will. Especially <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean we'll take your advice, but especially if it berates it. it, but especially if it berates us. But here we go. Drew wrote to us. He he started listening a bit more recently. So here we go. First off, all quotes here. How do neither of you know what Malden salt is? Right, oh, three explanation points. I mean, yeah, it's like, whatever. You've both literally eaten at my apartment with Malden salt. LOL. Secondly, Jay, he's talking to me. It's time you get a Vitamix. Talk about set and forget. Put a chunk of steel in there. Turn it on and raise the speed. Walk away and come back to a steel soup. For someone Amen. who makes who's for someone who makes as much breakfast food as you, it's time you treat yourself. It's a good point. It's a great point by Drew. Not on the salt. Because whatever, <laughs> it was delicious salt. Drew, who the hell? Who goes to somebody's house and be like, "Wow, this is some good salt." What, what kind of salt <laughs> is this? What are you cooking with in there? And then he pops out with his perfect smile, and he's like, "That's Malden salt." <laughs> <laughs> like, if that's the thing I'm noticing about your food, it's normally not a positive, right? When someone goes, "Oh yeah, I can really taste the salt." Yeah, you know what the best thing about this thing is the salt. Now fix yeah, your that's not a good cooking. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about your food. So Drew, you should take that as a compliment for the fact that neither of us were able to actually say like, there's something about this salt. Yeah. There's something Speaking about of which, it. But I agree with him on the Vitamix. I say that you treat yourself. I'm going to look right now on how much a Vitamix is on Amazon, and I'm going to say that you should buy. You know what? I'm tempted to buy you one. Wow. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of asphalt, uh, Greg wrote to us, I don't know what he said. There was a video before it, but I don't, he just wrote, then just use regular sugar. You And this is him speaking, Mary. Just use regular sugar, you fucking plebe. And then he wrote three crying, laughing emojis. And then he corrected by himself by saying, er, salt. So use regular salt, you blank plebe. A sprinkling of Malden salt on steak after it's been taken off the grill is fantastic. And then he complimented the muffins I gave him. You're welcome, Greg. <laughs> I agree. I thought they were good. I had four of them yesterday because it was they were approaching the expiration date. So you can get a Vitamix E310 controllable speed for 350 bucks. It's a lot of money. For someone who eats it is a lot of money, right? It, it is. But... Yeah, I would say other than the stand mixer that I have, this is the most solid thing in my kitchen. There could be an earthquake, and this thing will still work. How do you clean it? Uh, what you do is you put a little bit of drop of soap in there. Okay, cool. So you just clean it like that. You don't put it in the dishwasher or anything like that. You don't no, have... I don't. I've never put it. Well, no, I've never put it in the dishwasher. I clean it by hand because it's not hard. It's got such a great blender on there. You put just a drop of soap in there, fill it up with warm water. You let Watch it spin. It bubble it up. You rinse Watch it, it out. Bubble it up. Yep. Watch it bubble up, you spin sure. it out, you you know, and then you're good. So yeah, I mean, just yeah, I agree with Drew. For the amount of breakfast food that you make, 
you would benefit heavily from a Vitamix. Okay. Well, I'm going to be away for a bit um, over the next couple of months. So well, if, if I you do hold out one... long enough, one of them might appear to might appear at your house. Wow, that's exciting. Final feedback related to none of this. This is largely targeted to me as well. well I just accidentally liked a random one of these comments, so whatever. <laughs> Arlen wrote in to take me to task on Harry Potter. So I guess at some point I was explaining Harry Potter to you and talking about how I thought Voldemort was a pretty bad villain. Uh, anyway, she wrote Voldemort. I guess there's spoilers to this. I don't know. Again, it's spoiler silly. alert. If you've spoiler never seen or Harry heard Potter. of Harry Potter, yeah. but at the same time, if you haven't seen it, are you really going to see it? Like, who are we kidding? I mean, I hope right. you do. I still think the movies are worth watching. All right. Here's what she wrote. You have the plot of Harry Potter all wrong. Face palm emoji. Voldemort doesn't want to take over Hogwarts just because he's, quote, the most evil guy, end quote. He wants to rule over the entire wizarding world and enslave or kill all the muggles, those are regular people, because he believes wizards are naturally superior and it's their rightful place. He's attacking Hogwarts because it's harboring Harry, who is one of his horcruxes, and the prophecy says that kid is going to kill him, so he needs to kill him first if he wants to live and fulfill his murderous goals. This is why you need to read the books. A lot of the nuances of the story are totally lost in the movies because they would otherwise be way too long. I messed up that reading, but you get it. Also, to clarify, Voldemort doesn't know Harry is connected to him, so that negates one of her earlier points. He becomes an accidental horcrux that Voldemort tries to kill him as a baby again because of the prophecy. So that kind of spoils one of the twists for you, but you get it. So there you go. He's still dumb, but <laughs> <laughs> but Ray Fiennes is a great actor, and it's and it's always he's always compelling to watch. Always compelling to watch. You tell me when Ray Fiennes isn't compelling to watch. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Again, I've not seen it, so I can't speak to. Well, you should watch him. Yeah, I, I will no, he, one day. I think. I think it's a stop watching some Married at First Sight for you know a couple episodes and just bang out a, a couple of uh, Harry Potters. Hmm. Hmm. All right, now, 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 before we get into some news here, I wanted to. I, I got a question to ask you here. This is just a random ass question that I think we have some fun with. Brittany sent me a video of a dog doing a handstand. And <laughs> she. <Impressive. laughs> pers- yeah. And she proceeded to say it's the least practical thing to train a dog to do. So I want to ask you what do you think the least practical thing you could train a dog to do is? To do a handstand is the least practical thing. I, I might agree with her because everything else involves a dog getting something for you, right? Well, no, the idea, the premise of the question that I'm posing to you is that you could train a dog to do literally anything. What would, would be, I'm just rewatching this video. I just sent it to you on Instagram. Um, also, the dog needs assistance. So he's not, he's not just doing a handstand. He's doing, he's doing a handstand, but he needs to do it against a wall. You also don't know it's a dog until it it dismounts oh, and then it starts yeah. walking to the it's and, small, and it's adorable. It's a small dog as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's, it's one a of Pomeranian. those perfectly it's like yeah, it's like a perfectly kept palm. What it's do like you mean my the favorite. Dog it's needs also, help. I feel like the dog did this on his own. 
No, I'm saying like he he needs the door to balance. He's not. Just oh, I bet you meant someone his, was like holding legs. him up. No, 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 no. I just mean like, you know, he's like those those people skating on the on the rink and holding onto the door on the sides. Yeah. Like you're not skating. You're you're like kind of you're, you're toning your upper body is what you're doing. So that's good. I love the first comment on this video is I hope this adorable puppy was not forced to train hard to amuse people. Crying emoji. Wow. Okay. Well, and then someone else said, this is not cute. That is animal abuse. Wow. I would take this down. The abuse of dogs <laughs> indoors is horrible. I agree. What the hell is happening here? Stop torturing them and making them do things against their body design. Why don't you do it and put that up? Put that video up instead for entertainment. No, I bet um, often all, dogs all those are tortured comments... to perform this. Did you just send me uh, torture porn? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I can't. I honestly think all those comments are just criticizing the fact that he's that, that the dog's wearing a t-shirt. Uh, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, it is wearing a little shirt. It's a bet. It's it's a really silly shirt. Like, why would you do that? The dog's adorable as it is. It's got a natural coat of fur. I mean, the why? dog doesn't seem why like it's in shirt? pain. No, the dog looks attractive. really happy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's perfectly kempt. Yeah. I see I made the comment that like throwing up on if you taught your dog to throw up on command, that would be a very not practical thing. But I just but then I thought, well, you could have practical uses for that. Like if uh the dog ate something, something that it's not supposed yeah. to. Or if you're um you know, if you're trying to get it uh if, if you want to bring it to somebody's house that you don't like. Just yeah, like, I don't think well, that's a bad one. I mean, I think the handstand might go up there. It might be most impractical. Brittany might be spot on with that one. Riding a unicycle? Doesn't Travel. seem very practical. Can, can get somewhere, though. Like no, the handstand, it, it literally has a no... It's got nothing to it. There's nothing. <laughs> Seeing a dog perform a handstand never makes you go like, huh, now imagine if the dog could ride to the store. <laughs> right? It's just kind of... It's. I agree with Brittany on this. I think Brittany's right. This is the least practical thing you could teach a dog to do. Yeah, I kind of agree with Brittany. I think she's onto something. What if you taught him to? I don't know why I'm thinking like things that you could teach him to do on command that are completely pointless. Like taught, teaching a dog to sneeze on command. Would there be any practical purpose to that? There's not even no. entertainment to that. No, then that's and that's what I mean. Like one of them isn't even like just teaching a dog to sneeze. I mean trying to think like there's nothing really i can think of like other than like maybe chasing chasing its own tail like i don't know like what and dogs don't need to be trained to do that they do that anyways yeah yeah you'd have to like yeah well well i pose that to uh to all you all you people who now are coming out of the woodworks to give us uh to give us some of this feedback why don't you why don't you tell us what's the what's the most useless thing you could train a dog to do and uh we'll bring it up on the next episode so there you go so been uh it's obviously been two weeks since we've spoken i've accumulated some um some stories here got a couple of fun ones and i got one that's uh that i just think you're genuinely going to be interested in so uh here are your options (laughs) let's see here um the new trend in twitch on twitch i'll say Mm -hmm. um waffle house and uh unreal engine Wow. So I'm going to say Waffle House, Twitch, and then Unreal Engine. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Oh, and by the way, I do have a uh, uh, a reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish for us. It's a pretty good one. Excited to get your thoughts on that one. Here we go. Reading from, this is the one that I was going, that I, that I had the article 
from New York Times. And then they block that behind a paywall between then and now. And now I'm reading from southernliving.com. You can always find another website, New York Times. Absolutely. So, and here we are. I'll I'll happily give you guys the uh, the ad money, Southern Living. Take your fractions of pennies. Take those impressions. Mississippi reporter chronicles his 15 hour stay at a Waffle House for losing fantasy football league. <laughs> quote: Full of waffles, but devoid of life. And quote. Lee Sanderlin wrote several hours into his experience at a Brandon, Mississippi Waffle House. Lee Sanderlin isn't the only one to be treated to a law to a long waffles filled stint at a Waffle House after losing a fantasy football bet. In fact, in recent years, it seems the Waffle House challenge has been embraced by more than a few fantasy football league teams for the losing participant to endure in exchange for finishing last. The premise is simple. The person who performs who performs worst in their fantasy football league heads to the Waffle House for up to 24 hours with a one hour reduction of time granted for every waffle eaten. Now, okay, yeah. Now, the Internet is collectively laughing over the Waffle House adventure of one Mississippian by the name of Lee Sanderlin, who's a reporter for Jackson's The Clarion Jackson's The Clarion Ledger and documented his entertaining residency at the 24-7 eatery, recapping his time at a Brandon, Mississippi Waffle House. Sanderlin kicked things off humorlessly, writing, quote, I should start with a disclaimer. This was all my fault. I'm the one who suggested we make the person who finished who finished last in our fantasy football league spend 24 hours in a Waffle House, end quote, in his article for the paper. On Twitter, Sanderlin offered the people at home a play-by-play, sharing both the highs and lows of his experience. Check out some of the tweets below. So I will share this article with you. So you can see now, I must say, yeah, I must say, this is a fantastic challenge. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic challenge. It's great. It's Because you immediately start thinking, how long would it take me to get out of this, right? Because you can either just sit there for 24 hours. And I've been in a Waffle House. I don't think you want to be in a Waffle House 24, 24 hours because there's a certain magical hours of Waffle House where you don't really want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Because it's open 24 hours. So yeah. Waffle House during the day is pretty boring. There's not much going on. But where Waffle is House. Brandon, Mississippi? But you're also, you also live in Brandon, Mississippi. <laughs> yes. What else is going But that's the thing, right? There's got to be a bar or a club somewhere around Brandon, Mississippi where that's going to empty out. And then that's some, when you start yeah. getting some real craziness inside of a wall. Okay. So it's right next to Jackson. Yeah. Okay. It's right next yeah. To so there's, there's got to be something going on. So look, I mean, 15 hours. And yeah. I mean, that's, I have to say, if you lose an hour off of every waffle you eat, this dude can only eat nine waffles. Really? Yeah, dude, I would really I'd be out of there in less than an hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's my point. Really? You couldn't put down more than half your time in waffles. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's shameful for 24 hours because you're going to work up an appetite, right? You're going to get hungry again. And you want to get out of the waffle house again, like eat, eat six waffles. Give it a couple of hours. Eat six more. Give it a couple hours. Eat six more, and you're done. Yeah, help because the Waffle House waffles are not that big. Also, no, no one's saying you big. have to have sides. No one's saying like, oh, oh, and you have to eat the grits. Yeah, but they're pretty. They're pretty thin, and the, the holes are pretty thin as well. 
And especially if you put this with, I mean, it doesn't say you can't order anything else. You can order some drinks. I think I think you could get out of this challenge. I'm going to say four hours. I think you can get out of this. Oh, easily. Yeah, if you showed up hungry to a Waffle House, I alone think you can eat a stack of six in about 15 minutes. Yeah, Waffle House waffles. Okay, so here's the thing. Because if you get, I'm looking at a, I just want to find a picture of a Waffle House waffle. You know what? I'm just going to look it's, for that waffle. It's not waffle. that big. I've, I've eaten at Waffle House more than I care to admit in my youth living in mm-hmm. Georgia. And they're not that big. I've probably put down three or four waffles in one sitting, I would assume. Like if I could easily eat a box of of like Eggo waffles. It's, it's a little bigger than an Eggo because it takes up okay. a whole plate size-wise, right? But they're yeah, not so that's thick. Six. I'd be out of there very quickly. I think Whoa. you'd be out of there. I give There's you – a Waffle House in Jersey. I think that, you'd be out I of there. I, You know what? I think we should try. I don't have a Waffle House anywhere near me. <laughs> No, but the next time, shit. <laughs> but the next time, the next time that that I'm in the states again, we should do. Hey, this. I think what would it what would it take for you to open a Waffle House franchise in New Zealand? I think you know what I would make a killing if I had yeah, a you would. House here. You would. I mean, absolutely. I, I, think, I mean, the fact that there's a Taco Bell, there's now two Taco Bells here, Whoa. and it's apparently making it's making money not in Wellington but in Auckland. Uh, I bet you if I opened up a because it is franchised, right? Oh yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. And, th- and there's a Denny's here, which I've never been to. <laughs> there is, if there you is called, Denny's. if you called Mr. Waffle House, I bet, and you were like, "Hey man, can I open a Waffle House in um, in New Zealand?" You'd be like, "Where's that?" And he'd be like, "You know, it's on the other side of the planet." It, you know, I'm I'm just willing to open a franchise. Like, yeah, whatever. It's like, cool, done. That's it. So Waffle House is privately owned, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a Huddle House. There's Huddle House versus Waffle House, right? Oh. Um, so apparently you can franchise. So although both Huddle House and Waffle House are fast casual restaurants, I've never heard of Huddle House before. Only Huddle one House offers franchise kind investment. Of I, I might yeah. be hedging on this, but I they're, they're kind of big. They fill a whole plate. They're thin, but yeah, I could still crush waffles. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I want to do this. I now want to do this challenge because I think you can get out of here in four hours. They got Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> depends imagine. on where you are now i don't think brandon mississippi you get wi-fi <laughs> you get free wi-fi at a waffle house i'm gonna look up because that's the thing if i go to let's see waffle house brandon mississippi they usually they'll list it oh there's a few of them in brandon see like the fact that he couldn't i really think if i told them give me a waffle every 30 minutes yeah just bring one out because, like, don't give them all to me at once because I'm reading this here and he's basically saying it got a little soggy because you ordered them all at once and drenched them in syrup. So he said that you got nine waffles in 15 hours. I think that's shameful. I think you can do better than that. I really do. I would just tell the waitress, look, or the waiter, every 30 minutes, I want a hot waffle. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. that alone, right, by the time you get to six hours, that's 12 waffles in. Mm-hmm. And that's half your time. You've only got another six hours left. And then you do it again for another three hours, and you're out. And that's me being conservative. I cut his time in half from 15 hours just doing that alone. Right? That's nine hours. Right. So I, I totally think, and I would show up I would show up late. Like, I'd show up at, like, two in the morning. Because <laughs> that's when you just oh, tell him, start- like, look, guys, I'm going to be out of here by 10. You'd show up late and drunk. And then you'd crush it. Like you'd be out. <laughs> Again, I, well, I think if you do that, you'll be out of there in, in two hours. 
Now, again, now what happens if you throw up? Are there any rules on if you have to if any of them come up? No, I don't think I don't think it's anything about that. Cuz yeah, that's a good point because every hour you stay, you're just bringing the clock forward. So if you're 2 hours, you have to eat 22 waffles. Yes, exactly. So that would be so 22 and then you just keep moving it back. 4 hours. So if you ate, yeah, so so if you ate 22 20 waffles wa- the first hour, you would then just have to sit there for another hour before you could leave. 20 waffles in 4 hours, so that's uh 240 minutes. Divided by twenty, so yeah, like you, it's clo- it's like every twelve minutes. I mean, I, I want to read this dude's tweets because this dude's kind of a he's kind of a. I'm trying to think of the word here. Yeah, he's you're not trying kind to curse. Of a punk. He's kind of a punk. He's right. kind of a punk. We well, go. I was going to say he's kind of a sissy, but I don't think eating waffles oh. makes you a sissy. Is that <laughs> so, PC now? Can you say that? Is that, is I, that, th- okay? that that's why I didn't say it? <laughs> then you tried to shame me into saying what was first on the top of my mind. Mary, throw the flag on the play. Is that a yellow flag? Is that a yellow card? What is, is that? she, she going to be the arbiter of this show in whether or not language is okay? Might as well. No one else. I like this. About, I like what no we're going else is with. So, complain about profanity except for maybe your mom. So she is, gonna, I think so, she's used to it at this point. I bet she started cursing more ever since she started listening. <laughs> so I'm going to start reading next these Christmas. Things. She's going to be dropping f bombs. So this Thanks. dude, right? So he started saying, "I'm coming to you live from Brandon, Mississippi Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my fantasy football league." As a punishment, I spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every hour I eat shaves an hour off the clock. It's 4.07 Central. So he started at 4.07 Central. Although it's the weird. Central part is, com- it's completely irrelevant in the Central part. Yeah. Let's just say, so it's, I'm assuming that means PM. Yeah. So he sent, the, but but he specified weird, though, the time zone, but he didn't specify whether it's AM or PM. But, but he also daylight. sent this, but he sent this image at 9.07 AM was when he tweeted this. So I'm confused by his, I mean, that might no, be no, no, 9.07. It actually it's five oh seven Eastern, so yeah, it's four oh seven Central. That's right. No, but the actual tweet was mm-hmm. tweeted at nine oh seven a.m. on June eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Your time, right? No, I'm no, seeing right that's here. It's his a, time, it says I think. no, it's four oh seven Central. The timestamp's right. Checks out. No, it's showing your local time. I don't think that makes sense because that wouldn't be my. Oh, I guess it, says, it would be if it's evening. Right now, it says five oh seven p.m. Anyways, okay, screw it. So, so four oh seven a.m. Right. Yep. So. Yep. Basically, this is now six hours later. Mm-hmm. He says, ha, ha, ha. Remember when I ordered a seventh waffle? Full crash and burn. Not going to finish it. My body is in revolt slash shutting down. It's time to sit out for a while. Got to rest up for the stretch run. Right now, I'm at pace to leave at 10.07 a.m. Central Time. Yep. After that, he wrote, full of waffles, but devoid of life. Wow. it's a little dramatic, don't you think? I think a little dramatic. It's been a long time since I've been to a waffle. I think I've only been to a waffle house like twice in my life, and it's been well over a decade since I've been. So I don't even—I couldn't even tell you what they taste like. But I'm assuming they taste great. They taste great. I waffle house is a, is, a, is a, a waffle house. The best part of waffle house is the hash browns, right? If we're gonna talk about yeah. waffle house, yeah, let's talk it's about getting, waffle house. It's getting them covered, smothered, and diced. Mm-hmm. Is what you want on your hash browns? You oh want, yeah, they got those with the chart with like the crisp, the crispy, oh, uh, with the crispy, with the crispy oh, edges. Yep. They could put they chop the onions in there. They put a little mm. cheese on top. Put some tomatoes oh. in there. Put some gravy on there too. If you really feel excessive, feeling, just give me the crispy potatoes. Excessive, but you know what? Some nights you just had to get in there. Okay. Uh, so it's it's definitely the hash browns and the waffles. It's the perfect breakfast spot. If anyone doesn't like, like it's the perfect. If you want breakfast, you don't go to McDonald's, you go to Waffle House when you're in the South. Like, you don't go to McDonald's and get those awful pancakes in the little styrofoam thing. Like, this is the most yeah, depressing even, breakfast. Even the worst pancakes, pancakes are still pretty good. 
They're still good. So, I mean, I'm just surprised. And I'm looking at a picture of this dude. This dude's not a small guy. He's a man, right? Uh-huh. And I'm surprised that a man couldn't finish more than nine waffles. I really am. In 24 hours? He sat there for 15 hours? I, I, I am shocked by that. I'm shocked by it. So, um, you're shooking. I, th- I think we should do this. Is there a Waffle okay. House in Japan? Uh, good question. Again, another place. Uh, let's see. Waffle House, Japan. There might be an ironic one. Waffle House, Kunigami District. No way. There's a Waffle House in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle House, Japan. Let's see. Couldn't find one. But wait a minute. Just I just one just appeared here on my Google search. Is that a lie? There's definitely a Waffle House in Arizona. So if you want to come back for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm vaccinated. Oh uh, no. Do this. Nothing, uh no. No Waffle House in Japan. No Waffle House. Because we're not doing it at that place that we talked about last week with the whipped cream and the I can't think of anything worse than sitting at that place. Eggs and things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heck no. The same Absolutely thing there. not. Yeah, a lot so, of the whole bunch of places just popped up in Okinawa. Crazy chicken and waffles. I honestly, you could probably make a pretty good business just opening waffle houses in a bunch of random ass countries that don't have. I think. I mean, I just think you open up a twenty-four hour breakfast spot anywhere, and you're going to make money. I mean, I'm just looking at this dude's pictures of these waffles. I mean, come on, man, these two waffles right here—that's that's a that's a ten minute quick snack. You're also a big dude. How big is this guy? I think. I mean, he's got quite he's got quite the round face, so he could just be an unfortunate guy who's got a fat face but a skinny body. It's very possible. (laughs) It's very popular. Yeah. 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 So this guy's taking pictures of us. I mean, there's a picture here. Quick little trip to the bushes outside, if you know what I'm saying. Now back to the breach. And this guy looks rough. <laughs> he looks like he's having a bad time. This oh, picture. Oh, yeah. I'm going to send you. It looks rough. Hat, with the hat and the thumbs up. He looks like he belongs there at, at, at <laughs> one in the morning. But, I mean, look, he's holding the picture of this waffle here. I, I like, again, these waffles aren't very thick. They're not very wide. Yeah, he's, um, he's slowly falling apart. Quick little uh, trip to the biz, to the bushes outside, if you know what I'm saying. Gross. I don't know what you're saying, and I don't want to. Yeah, you look like you're having a bad time, Lee. Yeah, so and he said here, so here's some of the rules. He said, per my league commissioner, I'm allowed to sit in the parking lot, and also if I puke, it won't count against me. This okay. won't recalibrate the strategy, though. So I, I want to figure. I'm trying to figure out what his strategy was because his strategy seems awful. Because I think if you would have paced yourself, you slowly could have chewed yeah, down you the can't, clock. You can't go hard, like you said. Like if we say every, you know, every 15 minutes, eat a waffle, and then you got Then you got a waffle to look forward to every 15 minutes. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I just don't know why he his strategy seems like he wasted a lot of time. Like he's drinking he a lot of coffee. Can't go too hard, too fast. Look, it's a matter it's a matter of uh, diminishing marginal utility. All right, if you're familiar with that, it's the economic term. I probably brought it up before on the podcast. It's like you know, if you relate it to slices of pizza, it's like every slice of pizza that you have is less satisfying than the slice before it. So you need to space that out as much as possible. Because if you go too hard, just trying to bang out all these waffles at the beginning. You're gonna you're gonna crash and burn early on, and you're not gonna get the satisfaction. You should savor to the extent that you can while pacing yourself over the. It's it's a balancing act, right? I think. Yeah, I think he just ordered way too many waffles too quickly. Is the problem. four an hour is pretty good. So then you know, like you said, by the you're out of there in four hours or less. 
and again, and then I would just start to roll back. Then I would do once you start getting a little full. Hey, let, let's let's now do it at thirty minute intervals, and then let's do it at hour intervals. So that way you're timing yourself. I think you should at least be able to shave half that time off. I think fifteen hours is a disgrace. I'd do this if there's Wi-Fi in there. I don't, you know, because then he didn't, it looks like he didn't have power though, because he said that he was he was in the parking lot with his car trying to charge his phone. So either that okay. or they just didn't give him a plug. They just said, look, so he cheated. Bad enough. He left. It's bad, it's bad enough. Left. No, no. The, the commissioner said he was allowed to go to the parking lot. Okay. Got it. So you had, you had to basically stay on the property. Yes. You had to stay on the property. So guess the thing. Like Waffle 6 consumed and he was pounding down waffles in the beginning. He oh, just went God. too hard. And I then would, his stomach I would destroy just this. No I, you know what? Yeah. I would actually I, – I would do like – between waffles, I would start walking outside and doing laps around the place. Again, I like, think I could like get out of this thing in six off. hours. I think oh, I can get out of easily. this in six hours. Easily six I'd be hours. out of there in six hours. 18 waffles, six hours. I think I can get out of here no in six hours. That's the problem. Is yep, there that's where a, I'm at. Now, is there a worse way to spend six hours? Probably not. But <laughs> Yeah, sure. But at least you'd be able to say you're better than Lee Sanderlin. Yeah, and again, like he he, he knew about this. He could have prepared for this. Right? Like fantasy football... It's June, almost July. Fantasy uh-huh. football ended at Christmas time. He had six months. Did it? The season didn't go a little long this time? No, like there, there's playoffs, right? So playoffs uh-huh. started after Christmas. So in January. So he had six months to prepare for this. You know what's fun is that the Google ad that's showing up on this article for me right now is for uh, prebiotic gummies. <laughs> prebiotic and probiotic gummies for digestive health. If you gave me six months to train for this, oh. I'd do it in four. Yeah, but you're uh, then you're working. <laughs> then you're working under the assumption that you're going to lose. You have to be last. No, I'm, last. I'm just saying, like for this challenge, like if right now you told me, I mean, this guy's right, obviously you think you're so sure. We've got to do this in January. Like if you're telling me January 2022. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. We're going to do it, this challenge because yeah, that's how much okay. time he had. He knew. He right. knew he already lost. He knew he yeah. lost. He was dragging his feet. You know he was. Plus, pandemic. he was dragging his feet. And oh well, it's quite Mississippi. Frankly, they, didn't, they didn't even have a pandemic in Mississippi. You, look, I bet <laughs> you there's some dudes in Mississippi that can do this in 30 minutes. Oh, eat 24 waffles. Most of Mississippi could do this in 30 <laughs> minutes. Isn't Mississippi the fattest state in the union? <laughs> it's got fattest state there. in America. I'm pretty sure Mississippi is the fattest state. No, it's number two. West Virginia is number one. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yeah, Mississippi's but it's, it's very – that is a – but that is a photo finish right there for number one. It is off by 0.46. In adult obesity – hold on. So childhood obesity. I'm seeing different – some numbers I see Mississippi's one. Sometimes I see it number two. So Mississippi, adult obesity rate, 40.8% in 2019. We're obese. And that state rank is number one. So according to yeah. stateofchildhoodobesity.org, Mississippi's number one. Childhood so, obesity. This guy no, this, like is, this is adult obesity rates is what I'm looking at. Oh, adult okay, obesity cool. rates by state 2019. And since the pandemic, I know they weren't following the rules of the pandemic. No. But still. They weren't, eating, they weren't eating salads. Yeah, I, I think Lee should be ashamed of this. This is something to not be proud of. These guys are big. Big people out there. Yeah. Do you know where New York sits in this list? Uh, no. I would imagine pretty low. It's pretty low. A lot of walking in New York City. Yeah, and that's and that offsets the rest of the state. There's a lot of places in New York that are basically the deep south. Absolutely. There's a lot, a lot of places of- everywhere. I would say every state has a deep south. 
by Egypt. volume, most of this country is the woods. Yes. <laughs> like Michigan, right? Michigan, once you get out of Detroit, it's basically deep south. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's woods. why it was funny when everybody's putting up those political maps being like, look at how much of the country voted for uh, you know Republicans. How can we lose? It's like, yeah, there's no people there. Like, let, let's yeah, put this in the yourself. There's no, and... there's no people. Yeah, you're by yourself because you're so you're big and you take up more space. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, so all right. Well, look, I'm down to do this challenge. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to do Next it. Next time we're together, I think we can get out of this in six hours. I think we can do a live podcast and get out of this thing before it's dark. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, Arizona sounds good. Arizona sounds good. Do another. Uh, we'll put on the onesies and we'll hit a Waffle House. Sounds good. I'm in. Done. All right, let's move on. Next story. We kind of saw this in action, and I don't know if we were witnessing the birth of a new trend, but here we go. Twitch's new ear lick meta blows up. Oh, what? Bands ensue. Uh, The reason for the pause was because an ad literally popped up right over the title I was reading. Uh, This is reading from Kotaku. And of course, our friend in the uh, appears in the sub in the uh, the subheader. Amaranth, she's back. And Indie Fox have gotten punished, but the category is booming. Now I'm going to send you a picture because you got to look at it. this. Is taking to another level. Now, when we saw this last, we were watching an Amaranth stream live. She was. We were she discussing was, it. Was, yeah, she was she licking. Was licking. She was licking. Yeah, well, yeah, this, well, this, we is, this the- is new. This is something <laughs> this new. This oh, is something God. new. All right. Hot tub meta? Please. That's so early 2021. Nowadays, the hot thing on Twitch are the hot thing on Twitch are ASMR audio streams that approximate a level of intimacy some might consider a little too sexual. And those who have tested the limits of what auditory content is allowed on the platform have already received the ban hammer in response. Perpetual Twitch provocateur Amaranth, along with model Indie Fox Live, have been temporarily taken off the live streaming service following some delightfully bizarre video clips going viral on social media. While Twitch never comments on bans, the timing coincides with the proliferation of a clip in which Amaranth wears a horse mask, neighing the the controversial Switch streamer sometimes takes the entire mic into her mouth to make slurping sounds. I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this video. I didn't even read this article. (laughs) I knew I... I Oh my god! Oh my god! This video is amazing. This video is one of the craziest. This, this is whoever created the internet, right? The creator of the internet did this so that colleges can like talk to each other and send oh research papers. And this is where we are today. This girl is wearing a horse mask, and she is on a bed, and. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she looks at the camera. I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. I think she farts at one point. Like, tell me, hang on. I got to get a tissue. I, this, is, this is bad. <laughs> Give me a minute. Oh, God. This woman. God bless her. Like, she's got to be making. So she banned off of Twitch. Has Twitch gotten rid of her for this? <laughs> okay, I'm back. Oh, my God. 
was not expecting that. <laughs> Describing this is it's hard. Challenge. It's challenging. Um, there's a lady, Amaranth, who last we saw her was in a bikini. Usually she's in a bikini in a hot tub. When we saw her yes. last, she was just like kind of licking a microphone. But I also yeah, watched well, in this that on video. Mute. Yeah, and in this, this one, video, she she's in a she's in a bodysuit. Yeah, this is not. Let me. I need to reread this last um, this one part of the question. Uh, the last this part of the article where it says Twitch are ASMR audio streams that approximate a level of that approximate a level of intimacy some might consider a little too sexual. I there is nothing sexual about this. Part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, there is, I mean, fine. It's somebody, I'm not going to kink shame. Anybody might, somebody might find this sexual, but in the broad scheme of things, this is just hilarious. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is like, this is some kind of, uh, this is like theater. You know? Oh, if you click on this tweet, there's an image of her in a pigeon mask as well. Doing oh my this. God. Is she just like, is this the beginning of hotline Miami? Like how it begins? With like these people oh my god, this on. pigeon video is just as good as the other one. <laughs> this girl's out of her mind. Her, her head's moving like the pigeon. By the way, yes. oh my god, there's even a clip of... <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Wow, the wings! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like doing this kind of chicken dance. And the way this is cut is amazing because it's being cut with footage of a... Uh, of like of another of like an animated movie, so it's like all these pigeons on a wire. This is crazy. <laughs> see, but then see, but then there, but then there's her sitting here, and this is this is where she crosses the line, right? She's very clearly wearing a bra and wearing yoga pants, and she's got her leg up in the air, yeah, and she's yeah. doing this. So like she like she's being be a little disingenuous when it's like she's very clearly it's crazy. This is nuts, but she's very clearly using her body yep to get people to watch she got a, her she got a good butt she got a good butt good for her again like no no shame in it but it's very it's clear that this is her thing but she's I got, crazy i got vibes of uh, I've got, I, well she's smart right she's she's crushing look she's, she's, crazy, she's making she's, killing she's making more money than bank. both of us combined <laughs> so, she's making bank and guys are, and people are throwing money at her while she's doing all this wild stuff anyway the article is not even done similarly <laughs> if you click on twitch's asmr tag at the moment the most popular streamer is a woman whispering with the occasional wet sound thrown in i don't know what that means but we'll just continue the community has taken to calling such sticks earlick streams as that is basically what these broadcasts sound like. In a statement to Polygon, Indie Fox Live said that the ban was indeed due to sexual content. Prior to the prior to the dis, bleh, prior to the disciplinary action, the streamer had shown herself doing a variety of yoga poses along with earlick ASMR. For onlookers, this might seem like another ploy for attention, particularly now that hot tub streams and their bikini-clad hosts aren't novel anymore. But Amaranth claims that her hot tub streams were doing fine once advertisements were reinstated, and she notes she's been doing ASMR streams all along. She's not pivoting to a new type of content. Actually, she's arguing that the main reason folks are paying attention to ASMR, the category on Twitch right now, is because of the time she put into it. 
The general idea predates Twitch, of course, but it's but it's certainly true that Amaranth is savvy enough to command attention wherever she goes. Whether or not viewers approve of her methods is beyond the point. Obviously, she has plenty that do approve. Twitch's yeah, community sure. guidelines have multiple pages dedicated to sexually suggestive content on the site, but the general gist is that it's not allowed on the platform. <clears throat> Quote, Evaluations on the sexual suggestiveness of a behavior or activity are independent of user attire and are instead based on the overall surrounding framing and context and quote the rule read the rules read quote this policy also applies to embedded media augments reality creative broadcasts and channel content such as banners profile images emotes and panels that are the focus that are focused on provocative images or videos end quote Code goes on to list potential types of offending content, such as prohibiting anything that simulates sex acts. Theoretically, ear lick ASMR could violate any number of those guidelines. But as always, Twitch is the judge and jury. The Amazon-owned company previously created a category just for hot tub streams, as some viewers complained that the suggestive broadcasts were taking away attention for other folks in the just chatting category. Finally, the article says, auditory ASMR, however, already has its own tag on Twitch, not to be confused with visual ASMR, didn't know that was a thing, which also has its own URL. Whether or not Twitch decides to satisfy this con to stratify this content further to account for the more adult iterations of it remains to be seen. Uh, also, this isn't in the article, but there was something where like Amaranth is actually like wants to do stuff for um, for like animals. Sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that, like is that what wants... this is? She's putting on these masks because the money's going to the to the SPCA. Yeah, something like that. She wants. That's what she wants to do. Yeah, here we go. Um, Amaranth's true passion and what's stopping her from quitting Twitch. Uh, oh, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for the animals. Yeah, she said. This is what she said. Uh, Amaranth explained, quote, my passion at the end of the day is animals, and I want to do an animal rescue using my platforms. But right now, we're just saving money, milking it while it's good. And Man, quote. saving money. Like, well, how that much money do you that, need? That explains all the different animal masks she has. Yeah, sure. You, animals you, are her passion. So. Do you think she has multiple fursonas? Huh? See what they did there? I, I'm that, sure That's the thing. That's what they're called. That's what the, that's what the I'm sure she does. I'm sure, especially when you have this many people, people are probably sending her masks. Yeah, probably. I'm telling you, it does. It does ring true of a uh, hotline Miami. And then also, while uh, while I was looking at that horse thing, um, as it's just been looping constantly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I was I was thinking of uh, sorry to bother you as well. I was like, this is like some uh, weird yes. twist on that shit. Yes, um, yes, yes. No, no spoilers. You should watch that movie if you haven't seen it. It's yeah, crazy. it's excellent. Agreed. Watch it. It's nuts. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this this was weird. Also, this ear shaped microphone that's in the picture. We we didn't yes, even mention ASMR that. microphone. Yes, like they so they specifically sell attachments of uh, prosthetic ears that you could put on the side of a microphone for this very mm -hmm. purpose. I assume. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, does it actually do anything for the audio? That's my question. Like, if she rubs in a certain part, will it come through that part of the audio? The answer is no. <laughs> Not unless you've got some ear related headphones. That can connect to it. So, well, if they, with like three D audio, wouldn't it? I guess positionally, you wouldn't really know. No, it would just be a different pitch. Because it's not like all of a sudden you'd hear something on the side of your ear. Like the 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 audio all comes in through the same like right. The it would speaker just be a different the frequency. Volume. It'd be just a different, different volume. volume, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, also, how long could one person take of somebody just licking your ear? 
I mean, when like, they let's, look let's like cheat notes, assume, probably quite a bit. Let me, let me, let's get a little personal here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get a little personal. Let's take away the fact that this is, that this is somebody, this is a group of people watching somebody doing this or listening to them doing this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that this is actually like, if, if it's meant, if people are here to engage, you would assume that it's fulfilling some sort of fantasy, right? Can we, sure. we agree with this train of thought? I mean, sure. Or some type of, right? It, it's hitting dopamine at that point. You're seeing something that right. you like and okay. you're hearing something that you like and it hits those things that make you feel good. So, yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. Now, let's assume that this person was not actually doing this to a microphone and while you were in headphones. Let's Let's remove that barrier and just assume this person was next to you and licking your ear. How long could you, would you want to deal with somebody licking your ear for this amount of time? I'll tell you right now, one of the things I hate the most <laughs> is when people get too close to my ears. So about two seconds. Okay. So you're very sensitive about your ears. Yes. That's a, that's a hot a topic. So you, you yes, would not. Not a fan. No, yeah. I I'd also be like, um, where, where is this going? How, how long is this going to go for? And there's just something very odd about it. You want to whisper? Whispering's cool, you know, but like, I mean, I mean, the there, Union Twins made a whole song about whispering. There's a whole, there, there's <laughs> a, this is a long time. Like, you know, we, we had Amaranth stream going when we were looking at this last week and she was licking this microphone for the entire so I'm, time. I'm back on Twitch and she must no have been boy. reinstated because she's back. Yeah, I don't think she was banned. I don't think she was one of the banned ones. Well, it said, it said she was banned in the article. Oh, I just read, said that oh she was okay. Banned. So they must have reinstated it, but she's got the ears out. She's got them on a on a gorilla pod, and she's touching the ears. So she's about to go back at it. So it's very clear that she is making, okay, she's whispering closely. I don't have this on audio because I'm watching this silently like we did last time, but it's very clear that Twitch is at a crossroads. Twitch needs to figure this out because... It's very clear that there is a demand for her content. There are 9,907 people watching this right now. She's got a following. They want that airplane. People want to watch this stuff. So as far as I'm concerned, Twitch is going to have to figure out whether or not it splits this stuff off into a different into a different playlist, a different category, past just the, you know, the real life category, whatever it's called, the just chatting category. Like, do they make this more specific? Like, what are they going to do? Because it's very clear that she and others has a following for this type of content. Yeah, it's possible. I get, I, or, you do, the, or you do for, the Steam, or yeah. you do the Steam method and just be like, everything goes. And everything she streams. Goes. And she streams for a long time too. She streams for like ten hours a day. So this is a full time. I mean, because as she's up, full time job. As she's up, you see these people sending the sending their the tips, right? Uh, Like what is the screen right now? It's probably like some dudes throwing five hundred dollars. It's like yeah, oh, fifty dollars there. Fifty dollars for your name on the. I don't know what subs are. I'm assuming subs. That's subscriptions. That's subscriptions to the uh, to the channel. So that's like five bucks or something. It's it's it like a lot. Fifty dollars slash ten subs is a name on arm. Oh. So if you give her ten subs, can you buy multiple subs and to give them to other people? I guess I don't know. I don't think so. But you, the other thing is like, let's assume she gets one tip. Think about the people who make fifty dollars an hour. That's not an insignificant so, amount hold of money. On. So I'm reading through her through her payment thing for this, right? So twenty five dollars, or I can't see it because there are things blocking this. Or mm-hmm. I'm, let's say five subs, name on the board. or 10 subs, name on arm. $150 or 30 subs, follow back on Instagram or Twitter. $250, 
or 50 subs, she puts on the bird mask. So someone probably paid her 250 bucks to put on that mask. Yeah. Money well probably. spent. <laughs> yeah, I mean that yeah, I'd say it was worth it, at least for my enjoyment. Sure. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that person's 250 bucks. Thanks for sending it. Yeah, who paid who got her to put on the horse mask? <laughs> All that stuff. That's the one that made me cry. <laughs> yeah, well, it says zero out of thirty-five sub for more ASMR. So what is she doing? Is she even saying things now? I think she's whispering stuff. Again, I can't hear it, so I don't know what she's doing. But yeah, look, and I'm assuming that there's other, if you scroll down on Twitch, there's other women who are trying to follow this, right? Like, she's not the only one. She's just the most popular of them by far. So there are plenty of other women in here, women's, (laughs) there's plenty of other women, women on this channel or on Twitch on this stream, you know, cooking or there's a woman here and they're they're all you know low cleavage and they're doing stuff to try to get people to watch them but some of them are also just dressed in normal clothes and it doesn't mean that people i find that argument people go well oh she's taking away other people's streams but she's not though because like people are watching i'm not watching twitch i'm here because we're talking about this and i'm and i clicked on her thing when i saw that she was back but otherwise, like, is she taken away from from this woman kitchen Wi-Fi who's cooking dinner with their Internet? Because instead I'm watching her lick this ear. I'm like, I, I don't think so. No, so. I think I should start Twitch streaming. But sure. like only only the pancakes and breakfast that I make and do it as I and not change a thing. Like always make them with my purple MeUndie pants and uh, and no shirt. Yeah. Trust I'm me. Be, I bet you I bet you'll be, have people man, watching you too, too erotic. I bet you you can get a hundred people watching your stream if you did that. There's no way. You think so? Yes. Gotta I lose. Do. I gotta lose uh, the remaining weight. I'm close. Yeah. Close. Lose that weight and start streaming. Start cooking pancakes because I'm I'm now going over to kitchen Wi-Fi and this woman is cooking something. She's in her kitchen. She's looks like she's praying. She's doing something. Mm. Uh, so she's so welcome to my channel. I stream my bikini bodybuilding goals, cooking, baking, and meal prep, and professional gameplay. What was that about bikini? What? Yeah, but again, like it's it's just people making money. Like you know, people, you gotta you gotta use what you got. Yeah, absolutely. If you got it, flaunt it. Right, that's what they say. Yeah. So Look, Twitch my, apparently, my general my general take is no harm, no foul. So how did she get reinstated? I guess that's more of the question because that article that you read said she was banned. Yeah, well, Twitch because yeah. because it's like you appeal and then Twitch is like, all right, whatever. That's kind of how it goes because every time there's a subscription. Twitch makes money as well. Yes. And they have ads as well, right? There's ads at the beginning before you click on someone's channel. So Twitch makes a ton of money off of her. Yeah. Amazon wouldn't have bought them if they weren't making money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So simple as that. All right. Let's move on. Getting over to more serious stuff. Something that might be more of an interest to you. Not super serious, but I will say real quick before you get off of Twitch, though, is that there are quite a few good music streams on Twitch. So it's Twitch a lot of good streams on tri- Twitch. Yeah. I'm not just it's not just this. It's not just this is this. just this yeah. is just funny to me. So yes, that's why we it talk is. about it's it. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're gonna keep right. talking about it as Continue. more of these weird trends show up. Yes. Um Tribeca, okay, so reading uh from Engadget, Tribeca and Epic Games aim to help indie filmmakers harness Unreal Engine. This is like kind of exactly what you've been talking about mm-hmm. for a long time. So workshops mm-hmm. with Unreal Engine experts and artists will help creatives learn how to use the platform. Uh, Epic Games Unreal Engine is perhaps best known as foundation of games, including Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'll talk more about that later. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and of course, Fortnite. But it's used in many films and TV projects as well, such as The Mandalorian and Westworld. 
Epic has now teamed up with Tribeca Enterprises to help independent filmmakers take advantage of Unreal Engine. Building on the Unreal Fellowship, the pair will run educational workshops aimed at filmmakers in New York City. They'll be able to learn from Unreal Engine experts and artists firsthand on how to use the platform's tools for things like visualization and real-time rendering, as well as how to craft virtual worlds. Tribeca, Tribeca and Epic haven't revealed many specifics about the workshops yet. We've seen instances of creatives making impressive short films using Unreal Engine. The platform could be an untapped resource for many filmmakers looking to make a breathtaking looking to make a breakthrough and with unreal engine 5 and early access there's an even richer suite of tools at their disposal that's it real quick short and sweet but it kind of shows that what you've been talking about is starting to happen which is telling you it's the future of filmmaking it's where we're going yeah what was it about mandalorian that was done in Uh, They did all the sets uh, virtual, so they did all the light screens. So what they're doing now is they're setting a big, giant LED, very bright LED screens that are the size of green screens, and they're actually putting digital sets behind them. So I believe when he's out in the desert in some areas, they film that in camera without being on location, right? So there's no set behind him. All of that stuff, depth and everything is filmed straight from camera. So the LED screens are big big thing that's starting to take over the film industry so you can film on location without having to do it in post and in cg so the actor can be there with the with the lights behind them and it actually looks like they're in the middle of the desert or they're in the middle of a city backdrop um because it allows you to do really big vast colors and 3d screens it's so cool even like just just the environments like once you anything but people at this point you're there for photorealism Right. I mean, people you can also do, but it's just insane amounts of extra effort. But I'd say like, are we, I, I know it, it, it goes back to the point where, oh man, when the N64 came out or GameCube came out, it's like, oh, or, uh, you know, we're, this looks like real life, but now we're kind of there, right. For environment stuff. Are we there? We're close. The the Quixel Mega Scan stuff, those scans of environments and scenes are great. Yeah, I just looked at this now. video I'm, I'm by the way. At, right? Yeah. So you see it around twelve seconds or so. Now, they're not actually in this cave. That entire cave is just done on a giant LED screen behind them. And so you'll see lots of things for Mandalorians specifically that is not that it looks like, oh yeah, that would be CG or someone would paint a matte painting or something back there or doing a commercial for a motorbike. And they're nowhere near that area, right? They're nowhere near that that set. So it's cool. It's very, very cool. Um, and it allows you to save a bit of money because then, like you said, if we get, you know, 16, um, you know, 16K resolution of textures and we can actually set proper depth and areas and cameras and then we can film that live with the actor, it's almost indistinguishable. From well, this one graphics. on the motorcycle is nuts. It's cool. It's that cool. one on the motorcycle was crazy. The Star Wars one, because Star Wars always looks like it's on a green screen since uh, yes. yeah. since the <laughs> yeah. prequels, but that motorcycle shot was crazy. Yeah, because it looks like it looks like he could just walk right over there to the rocks, and that's all fake. Yeah, like none of that is real, really, except for the bike and the guy in the ground. <laughs> Everything else is fake. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's where filmmaking is going already. Like this is where, like, we're at my job. We're doing this now. Will this make um, filmmaking faster? Will this make uh, certain things faster as you remove, as you move things from, you know, requiring more sets and 
you know, things that would be more time consuming. They become time consuming in different ways, but I also think about the way prefab things are are used and how you can change things on a dime without actually constructing it. Like it, it's probably easier depending on what you're building to create a model of something digitally than it would be physically for a few. Well, of these once sets. you think about it, once you build these environments and once you do this and once you get these stages built, that's where the cost is now, right? Getting the technology, right, but then you can the and you can reuse it. And you can reuse it. So if you're a studio and you're going to invest in this, it's actually much cheaper because you don't have to do this in post and send it to somewhere else. You can do this right in camera. Now, if what you shoot isn't good in camera, you spend a lot of time cleaning that up. Um, but the fact is, like, if you kind of get later in the video, you'll see all these people on set inside of these 3D, inside of this 3D software moving it around. It allows the director more control to go, well, change the lighting over here, change this lighting, change that lighting. And it actually makes it much easier to to completely art direct what you want the image to look like. And then once you get it in camera, you're done. There's not much post at all. So that's what makes it cheaper. It gives the director who's used to being on location creatively and saying, huh, okay, let's move that light over there. Hey, matter of fact, let, let's move over here five meters to the left. I like that better. Um, or even some of these things, like if you can start to get visual effects, you can start to get explosions or, you know, um, squib hits from gunfire and that stuff in these shots as well that's how you really start to save money because then a director and an actor, right? The strangest thing that you always see about the Marvel movies is there's a bunch of guys jumping around on a green screen. And it's like, well, how do you know, how do I know I'm re how do I know I'm, you know, I'm looking at Thanos who's 10 feet tall when I'm on a set, right? You kind of fake it. The actor kind of looks into, it looks at a tennis ball on a stick and goes, (laughs) well, that's where, uh, that's where Kong's supposed to be when I make eye contact with him. But now you can do all of this stuff in theory. We can do a lot of this work just right on set, and it makes the performances better. It makes it cheaper to do. Um, it makes it much easier for people who aren't used to acting in 3D to get used to doing that work um, for all this type of sci-fi stuff. So like, oh yeah, I'm like I'm watching this clip, and you got Bill Burr standing there next mm-hmm. to these, you know, CG creature who's going to be in makeup, and then behind them's all fake. It's all fake factory behind them. So. So yeah, it's cool. cool. I think it's super cool. And it's cool that they that, you know, as much as everyone wants to hate Fortnite, Fortnite's paying for this stuff. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But also, right? well, yeah. the licensing does as well. For any game that is built on Unreal Engine, the engine's free, but anytime it comes out, you have to pay a royalty to to Epic. Yep. So Fortnite definitely is what pushed them over the top, but this has always been their bread and butter. This is where they make all their money is on these yeah. things. And now that they're putting this out to Hollywood, I really I wonder what the what their financial terms are for studios. Because if they're going to sell this like they would any other sort of rendering program, then I'm, those aren't cheap. No, and right now they'll do partnerships with studios and things to help push the technology and yeah. you know, that's the good thing about film studios. There's quite a bit of technology push back and forth with with these companies that make software to put those improvements that you make for a movie into the software. And probably so hardware as well, right? Like they'll have a partnership oh, so you can have Absolutely. a rig that's optimized to run this stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely both. Um so yeah, so I I again, I I've, I've been telling you this for I mean, I've been I'm not I don't want to be I get a lot of things wrong on this podcast. No, you're, right? Like I said, you're right. Deadpool you're would flop. Right about that. Um yeah. what else did I I said something else that was outlandishly wrong. That Trump wasn't going to win. I think that was the other one that I was like yeah, dead fast. Like, no way he wins. So 
Deadpool and Trump, I was dead wrong on. But this, I've been right on this for the last decade of like, this is where we're going. That's why people making games and making film, eventually this is going to collide. And it's going to be exciting for people who want to do this type of work because I think your your opportunities will become endless (laughs) if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. It's good stuff. All right. Let's move on to a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. A lot of um, Supreme Court cases have been uh, have been being reviewed this week. Um, I, I don't know how they really work with who, when they review what, but um, this is one that I thought was interesting. And yeah, I'm reading from the Intelligencer as part of New York Mag. This had a pretty good summary of what happened, and it's uh, very topical based on uh, Mary's comments over there. Cussing cheerleader wins in Supreme Court free speech case. Do you know anything about this? I know nothing about this. Okay, this is fun. In an 8-1 decision on the applicability of the First Amendment to public school students who utter controversial speech over social media, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Brandy Levy, a disappointed Pennsylvania teenager who sent profane Snapchat posts after being denied a spot on her school's varsity cheerleading squad. Writing for the majority, Justice Stephen Breyer argued that absent absent a disruption of school activities, disciplining students for expression of opinion, whether they may be on or off campus, is never warranted. This departed somewhat from a Third Circuit ruling, which made the off-campus location of the rant by the cussing cheerleader, that's in quotes, by the way, the central reason for siding with her. In a concurrent opinion, Justice Samuel Alito, joined joined by Justice Neil Gorsuch, that was uh, Trump's first nominee, tended to agree with the lower court that off-campus locations tend to reduce the parental consent for for school discipline. The main precedent Breyer leaned on was the Vietnam-era Tinker versus D versus Des Moines decision protecting an on-campus anti-war protest, which SCOTUS, which uh, Supreme Court of the United States, that is, observed at the time, had no negative impact on school activities and thus did not justify the school's abrogation of free speech rights. Then, as in the different case, as in the current case, It wasn't the location of the speech that proved crucial, but its nexus to legitimate regulation by the school. It's also clear in all such cases that the First Amendment rights of students come into play only in public school settings with the government in suppressing speech. Although a lot of interesting interest in this case stemmed from social media angle, the decision didn't really turn on it, although Breyer did note that the limited intended distribution and temporary life of Snapchat posts were factors in judging whether the rants in question really affected school discipline. On the other hand, Justice Clarence Thomas, in a testy dissent, suggested that the social media that social media amplified the potential harmful effects of all campus speech. Um, by the way, I should just take a um, sidebar. This 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 article kind of goes backwards in explaining what happened. Um, yeah. So basically, she was cut from the cheerleading squad. She related. Uh, she basically released this, uh, said some stuff on Snapchat. So here we go. Um, it, she wrote, she basically said in, in the Snapchat, fuck school, fuck softball, fuck cheer, fuck everything. And that's what she wrote. And then as a result, she got a, um, she got a suspension from the school as a result of doing that after hours in a, uh, in a Snapchat post. Right. 
and then they suspended her. Uh, maybe it was an expel, um, but whatever it was, they um, they basically reprimanded for her. And the whole thing that they brought to court was that they don't have the rights to do what they did as as it was free speech and she could do it and, and it had nothing mm. to do with school itself. So that gives a little bit of context to everything I just said before. Right. Okay. Okay. So here is the dissent. The majority fails to consider whether schools often will have more authority, not less, to discipline students who transmit speech through social media. Because off-campus speech made through social media can be received on campus and can spread rapidly to countless people, it often will have a greater prox- greater proximate tendency to harm the school environment. Court watchers will undoubtedly be amused that the 82-year-old Breyer quoted Brandy Levy's obscene outburst in full, while the 73-year-old Thomas censored it. And then they clarify what that comment was. While while SCOTUS gave Brandy Levy a reversal of a suspension from certain extracurricular school activities, that's what it was, it made clear that its ruling would depend on the facts of each case. Thus, it didn't provide any general license for cussing cheerleaders or for students with more serious, if less personal, complaints to make about school policies and practices. It remains clear that the kind of political statements made by students in the Tinker case back in the day will be protected wherever and however they are uttered unless they directly disrupt routine school instruction or other essential operations. But the main sanction for the kind of adolescent speech examined in this case will remain, for the time being, eternal embarrassment. This also happened like four years ago. She's 22 Yeah, it shows you how slow like a case like this moves. <laughs> well, you're going through like all – in order all to get the, court the Supreme system. Court, just yes. for context from the United States. all the courts. Yeah. What is that, like nine levels before it actually gets yeah. to the Supreme Court? So that's like run the trial. Okay. Verdict. Okay, appeal. Go to the next one. It's like for anyone, how vindictive is this school that she, if she wins a case, then they're like, they no, <laughs> no, we reserve the right to ban this girl because she dropped a couple of f bombs. Well, I guess they're also saying, but like, Mary, do you run a school right? in the in the U.S. that you're not <laughs> telling us about? Like, what's going on here? Like, well, I guess, I guess it also it also sets precedent, right? That's what the school would say. This is important because it sets precedent that kids can say anything, and that we don't have unless they're doing it on school grounds with school property. You're telling us that we don't have the right to discipline students based on their behavior because that's basically what it is right it's a school disciplining a student based on their behavior for something that happened outside of school so for Mm -hmm. example right kid gets in a fight with another kid there's no criminal charges nothing you know nothing happens from a legal standpoint but they expel both kids now I understand that's physical. I understand there's police involved, but this is the very this is the much much lesser version of this, right? Or hey, you're you know you're you're playing sports outside of school, even though you're a you're a member of this school, and you say something, and you get in trouble for it through your sport, and then the school says, well, we should have the right to say, hey, as a member of our school, you represent us. We don't want you to represent us anymore because this press has been bad or this social media, this viral video has damaged our reputation as long as you're as well as your own, even though you might not care as much as we do. That's kind of what the school's position is, I'm going to assume. Right. So they're trying to say this is precedent. We if you're enrolled here, we can discipline you. Yeah. And also you said something bad about the school. Therefore, 
it's like, and it wasn't really like she said anything directly about the school. No. I mean, you could say that, I guess, if she wrote. You can say that about any school. You can say that about any. What she said. This is. Yeah. What she said, I would say there's probably, that's probably something 70% of students from the age of 15 to 30 have said. They're going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's going to say something along this line at least once. When they're and frustrated cases, or they're unhappy. More specific, yeah. where they'll be like, F this teacher, F that yes. thing, F that thing, yeah. you know, F that whore over there, you know? It's like oh. all these, <laughs> yeah, it's like they'll, they'll say anything about anybody, all these different things. And just the fact that this was out there, it's like to what level, if this went the other way, where is where is the line for regulation outside of any environment, be it a school or whatever? It, it goes down you know, professionally, like there's people who are fired because of things they do outside of, outside of work, you know, like that happens as well. If it doesn't actually affect like people who have second jobs and then they, something happened in the second jobs. And now you get fired from the first job. It's like, well, that's completely different. So, um, but this is one of these things where it had to go this way. There's no, cause and you, and you apply the same free speech rules that anything else, like you couldn't make a threat against the school and then, and get away with that. No, because that's not protected under the First Amendment. Right. But something like this, which is just generally venting of frustration, she she would say the same thing if she was just around a circle of friends. Just the fact that it's sure. out there. Just because it's it was delivered yep. in a way that was that was other than just personally. It's like these might as well have been texts. Yes. And I guess they're saying, right, because this has the ability to reach a large audience. Right. You can't, you're not reaching a large audience, even if you're in a restaurant telling your friends how much you hate school. It's much different when you broadcast this out to the world. And again, we're saying this as generalities because I think it's kind of nonsense, right? Kids say this stuff all the time because they're frustrated. Um, so yeah, like, but I kind of agree with you. The fact that the school had this much energy and stamina and money to keep basically going after this, to take this all the way to the Supreme Court speaks volumes in its own right. <laughs> yeah. Don't you find it a little weird that there's people like in their 70s and 80s talking about a potential like talking about social media and Snapchat, these kind of things? Do you think Well, just think you- when you're 70 and 80, there's going to be some new weird thing that's out there that you're going to have to speak to and rule to. This is why I personally believe the Supreme Court job should not be a lifetime appointment. I'm 100% with you. That's the other thing I was going to get at, which is like, yeah, um you are well past the age of retirement. What are you doing? Why do you want to it, be there? And when so, here, here and how go. long did somebody have to explain to you what Snapchat is before you could actually make this decision? How about this wrinkle? You can stay in the job past 60. You just don't get paid for it. Yeah. We don't pay you. How much you can stay on longer. Justices get paid. What is probably say. a lot? I'm going to assume at least two hundred. At least two hundred. The president gets paid three hundred and fifty thousand, something around those lines, right? It's like four, it's three, four. Yeah, it's like well, they make a little more than million dollars. It's like five hundred thousand dollars a year. I think that's what. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to assume they get paid three hundred grand, three hundred grand a year. And I think that's a crazy low amount of money, by the way. I think so too. If but I would say. Yeah, you should basically, if you do it over a certain age, and I would say I do this for all politicians, if you do this past the age of Social Security, which is 65 and a half, then no, it's a public service. You don't get paid anymore. If you're young, we get it. 
But if you're a politician after the age of 65 and a half, you shouldn't get paid for it. You should do it because you love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How much did you say? 300. It is 268,000. Okay. Close. Yeah. That's um you're you're on the line there where you could be looking at outside influence. Being like, you know. But yeah, and for a lifetime appointment, right? You're making yeah. that amount of money until the oh, day you die. Sorry, Chief Justice is $280,000. Sure, sure. So you so yeah. you get a raise when you become Chief Justice. I guess, but I don't know what the difference. It says judicial salary Supreme Court justices and then it says Chief Justice and Associate Justices. I don't know what the difference is, but Regardless, it's somewhere. It's less than three hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. It, yeah, um, I, it started at four thousand dollars a year in seventeen eighty nine. Wow, seventeen eighty nine. We were paying them that. Was that with inflation? No, that was the number. Wow. <laughs> and then it, the the first raise came in eighteen nineteen, five thousand dollars to Ooh. five thousand dollars, and then the next one came like. 36 years later to $6,500. Like, this is wild. Or you should just pay them what the living wage is. Right? Like, to me, you should make these jobs unattractive enough where if you do it, it really is a service. Right? Like, you're doing this because you really... There's plenty of people who do things that they love and they don't care about the money because they wake up every single day and they're happy to do it because they go, I understand I could go do something else and make more money, but I enjoy my job. I enjoy the people I work with. I enjoy the sense of duty and responsibility I have. Just that like is you the and me, right? That's like you and I. Just like you and me. No, I'm in this for the money. Do not oh, get it okay. twisted. I am in here to maximize <laughs> profits. That oh, is okay. exactly what I'm doing. I'm not doing this for the love of the game. I'm doing mm. this to get paid. But oh, okay. public service. I am not in public service. I work on cartoons for a living. So I'm not in public service. Wow. And so do you. You work in cartoons that you can interact with. That's a good point. I'm not denying it. Yeah. So from a public service standpoint, I think they should make the minimum, they should make the living wage. So not minimum wage, living wage. Because then I bet you see an increase of that living wage. (laughs) (laughs) No, you'll see an increase in corruption while they get some more kickbacks. So you think that's why we pay them more is is to stop corruption? Yeah, that's the intent. Does it work? No. No, but the more, the more you want against the less you have, the more susceptible you will be to accept outside influence because you will get more stuff because you're only, when you're in public office, yeah, there's the no, there's no bold people, but also there's, there is a strong component of, of power that you want. That's what you want. That's most of the job. I think most people become president because they want to be in charge, not because of the money. Yeah. You, you can make more money. not be. Obama's probably made more money now than he ever did as president. But you leverage other people who can help you do things. Sure. Yeah, you have influence. Yeah, and then you're willing to make some concessions so you can make more influence because you're like, I mean, oh, hell, yeah, Trump well, I became... To, I need to get yeah. in. I need more money. Give me... I mean, what do you Trump want me to do? Trump became president so that way he could he could be in charge of stuff. Like, I think he I think clearly he, needed, he needed some money. Too. He needed the money, but I think he <laughs> definitely took this job so he can have an army of of mouth breathers behind him, which is what he's got now, which is kind of more terrifying than just paying it's, him more money. Yeah, it's creepy. Very creepy stuff. No, I thought this case was interesting, though. The um, free speech thing is kind of interesting. The um, the jurisdiction over the school 
uh, over the school versus outside things. It, it, the Supreme Court got it right. And interestingly enough, there hasn't been any like aberrations in the Supreme Court rulings through all this time. And there's, you know, no, none of the major like hot topic issues of, you know, challenging abortion or things like that. I think that's where things are going to get really hairy when you have, because right now it's a six to three Republican majority in the Supreme Court, thanks to Trump and, uh, and fucking Mitch McConnell, that piece of shit. Sorry. He deserves it, Mary. So that's, uh, that's what we're working with here. And at this point, they're, uh, they're not really conforming to the traditional Republican viewpoints. They seem to be uh, doing all right. So, but we'll see. I'm sure that'll change in the, in the months and years ahead. Yeah. Time will tell. So anyway, enough of that shit. Let's move on to a little media therapy to close it out. Uh, but and before we get into that, I got a question for you. I got a few queued up here, but here we go. Who's older, Helen Hunt or Paul Giamatti? Helen Hunt is older. I'm going to say Helen Hunt is 58. I think this is an easy one. Wow, you nailed it. Helen Hunt is 58. I think it was an easy one. Well, you got another one since, since, since I nailed that one. You got one more. Let's see if I can keep the streak. Yeah, I do because I often confuse these two. Who's older, Holly Hunter or Paul Giamatti? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume she's older. I'm going to assume she's a little younger than Helen Hunt. I'm going to assume Holly Hunter is 55. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. 55. Okay, well, you're right. She's older than Paul Giamatti. She's also older than Helen Hunt. She oh, is wow. 63 years old. Wow. I've not seen a picture of Holly Hunter. Well, let me look. She looks great. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I did, just the image that I remember of her was much younger. So <laughs> you haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. They can't all be winners. No. Try to find some more. Uh, I nailed that first one. No, I'll try. What was what was the word you used for uh, Morris Chestnut when I when I brought that one up? I don't remember. It was like black beautiful or something like that, or beautiful. It was like something like that. <laughs> I don't remember. You said something <laughs> like that, and now you now you make me sound now you, now, now I'm putting yeah. myself in a hole here. I don't know. Why black is question, beautiful? What's wrong with you? Questionable things. What are you talking about? Um, you said it, not me. Roll back the tape. All right. What have uh? What have you been watching? What have you been playing? Not much. I haven't done playing or watching of anything. I've actually been. Um, I started reading, nerd, um, a bit more. There's this book. I'm trying to remember the name. Of, I'm in, I'm in the middle of reading it, and it's really good. And it's a book about space, Harry Potter. And no, the 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 author is Andy Weir. Hmm. And I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Project Hail Mary is the name of the book. I just had to look at my phone. That's a cool title. And so far, it's very good. I think this book has been hailed by a lot of people. So I started that on audiobook, which I found I don't like audiobooks because I just fall asleep. Mm. I'm much better at reading. But I bought the audiobook, and I'm going to try to drive to work and listen to it, take up some commute time. But so far, so good. It starts very, very strong, very interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I've been doing a bit more reading than I have okay. anything else. An epic um, story I did of watch redemption, yeah. discovery, and cool speculative sci-fi. If you love The Martian, you'll go crazy for Weir's latest. It's great so far. I highly recommend it based on the chapter that I've listened to like four times. <laughs> right on. Okay. Cool. Um, I also watched the latest episode of Loki. I really don't care about the show. Let's, let's talk. Let's, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about Loki for a minute. I'm going to guess 
but I think uh, I'm going to basically say your opinion of it. Yeah. Um, you don't like it. It feels pointless. The CGI is terrible. Um, then you don't get what the big deal is around why so many people are obsessed with this character. Owen Wilson is just there being Owen Wilson. And I don't care about Lady Loki. How, how did I do it? I would say that the CG is not terrible. It's just uneventful. It's like the last, the last episode. episode was pretty rough. Like it, it but the last, the last episode, episode reminded though, me a lot of like episode ep, early episode uh, about a prequel Star Wars. But the even way so, right? Like I, I can forgive bad CG if it tells the story. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like it very clearly looked like acting. Like they're like stopping and then changing direction is stuff like I didn't really feel any real sense of danger. I didn't care by the end of this episode. I knew that they had to go somewhere to try to escape where they were. I just don't care. Like this is the one and I think it's just people like Tom Hiddleston. Like and you know what? Fair enough, right? Like people like people watch movies that are terrible that have Denzel Washington because it's Denzel Washington, right? Like I get it. Speaking if for you're yourself. a fan of Tom Hiddleston, I'm not gonna rain on your parade because you like him. I just don't find anything about this interesting. Like, out of all of the Marvel projects that have come out from a television standpoint, this is just the one that just doesn't do anything for me. And I'm watching it just out of pure obligation. Um, I'm I'm not really enjoying it. I kind of tune out half the time. I have to go back sometimes. I'm like, oh, there's a part of the story I should probably know. And then I watch it go, yeah, whatever. I could have figured that out. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things that this is, I wonder if anyone else feels this fatigue with me. That's what I'm curious of. Cause it feels like I'm alone in this. It felt, it's felt like I've been alone for a long time on just the fatigue of the Marvel stuff. Cause it's not bad. I just don't have interest in it. Cause it's all kind of the same. This one is, um, I'm not as engaged as I was with WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier, that's for sure. But I still, there are moments that like really stand out. And it, most of it comes from any time Tom Hiddleston interacts with somebody else. And not fighting them, but when he's just talking to people. That's when it becomes the most interesting for me. And otherwise, I find the action being like, fine, it's whatever. I also don't understand where they just kind of make up these powers for him. I'm like, wait a minute. There was, there's a point in this where literally a building was falling. He stopped it from falling and he pushed it back. Where the hell did that power come from? Like, it's just, how could he do that? It's like, they just seem to be winging it really playing fast and loose with what this character actually is and does. Um, but I, like I said, when he's actually, when these more quiet moments of, interaction with um you know with that girl or with owen wilson like these are the points that are more interesting to me because it's like building up questions without any sort of clear goal or destination and i think that's one of the biggest problems with this show it's not necessarily this might be the opposite of the others like best case scenario the trajectory of this is the opposite of the others where it's like a lot of okay stuff and then you get a pretty great finale because the whole idea is you don't understand the motives of your main character. You don't really know what he wants to do. So if you don't know what he wants to do, well, then you, it's, a, it's a tough thing to really track. You don't know what a success or a failure is at any point. So you're just left confused. And I think that's one of the bigger issues that I'm having with the show is like, I don't get it. 
am I rooting for this guy? Am I against the guy? Is like, and and that's why I think I like the those interactions because at least every one of those is you. I'm engaged to try to get more information on what he's actually trying to do. And then by the end of it, you would expect to have a satisfactory answer to it. So we'll see. We'll see where it actually goes. I I'm enjoying it as I am, but it, uh, you know, it's not like top tier. Oh my God. I'm fully hooked. Like I, I'm not on Tuesday being like, Oh my God, new Loki tomorrow. It's like on Wednesday, I'll wake up and be like, all right, there's new Loki today. Hmm. (laughs) So that's the difference. Yeah. So. so yeah, so I've watched that, but it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm gonna try to do more other media, <laughs> um, just because I'm finding that the, with the streaming stuff, it's just we're getting a lot of superheroes. We're getting a lot of pretty, pretty much the same. We're getting watch the Mighty Ducks. The same watch stuff. the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yeah. Watch uh, Watch the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, and just because I believe that this this book that I'm reading is going to become a TV show or a movie soon enough, so I might as well read it and try to get ahead of one for once. Oh, I thought you were going to table it and uh, and just wait. <laughs> no, no, okay. fair enough. Well, on my side, haven't been watching much of anything. Um, I, however, I've been playing two games as I'm back in the swing of things, playing something on my Switch, something on my PS5. On my PS5, I'm playing Final Fantasy. Let's see if I get this title right. Final Fantasy Remake Intergrade Intermission is what the full title of this thing is. This is the expand. This is like a side story, like expansion for the only for the PS5 version, which they titled Intergrade for whatever reason. Uh, for the Final Fantasy Remake that came out last year on PS4, and it's about. And you play as one of the optional characters from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, you play as Yuffie, I guess. Um, this is good for someone who's never played the original Final Fantasy VII through to completion. Um, and I loved Final Fantasy VII Remake last year, so I'm playing this thing. This is my first time playing it on PS5. It looks... This is like... This game needs to be played. Just I've t- I told you last year you should check this thing out just because the production values were so insane and over the top. It was... It was unbelievable. Like the sense of momentum that you get in this game is so good. It's just a joy to play. And this is just more of that. Yuffie's really fun to play as. Um, it retreads a bunch of the same environments from the last game, at least from what I've played so far. I think I've only put two hours in, but I guess the game is like six hours. It's not very long, um, but I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's very cool. So it's more of that. And on Switch... I'm playing the original Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy seven. That's what I've been playing. I decided I'm going to actually give it a fair shot, try to get through it. And last time I looked at the guide, I'm about 40% through the game at this point. Um, It's basically the PS one version, but there's some quality of life improvements. For example, you can speed up time three X which is great, <laughs> which is really good because you yes. think some things move very, very slowly in this game. Last time I tried to play through this was, I don't know, maybe like eight years ago on Vita or so, maybe seven or eight years ago. And I didn't get very far, but this time I'm making some progress. Like I finally left Midgard. What's interesting is that the remake is not the entire story of Final Fantasy VII. The remake is only the Midgard section. So 
to put that in context, in this version where I was able to speed some stuff up, I was able to get to the point that Remake ends, which is a game that's about 40 hours long in four and a half hours. <laughs> and the game itself is apparently like, I don't know, what, 25 to 40 hours in its entirety. It's a long so, game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm barreling through it pretty quickly. Like I said, about 40% through and I put in about nine, eight or nine hours and the game's good. <clears throat> I never back in the day, I was never a turn-based RPG guy. I did not get it. I was, uh, and I, I also didn't have PlayStation. I was mainly a Nintendo guy. So I would be like, oh yeah, Zelda, Mario. I mean, I didn't even like Pokemon because I didn't like turn-based RPGs. I didn't like turn-based combat. The idea of fighting through menus was not appealing to me. Getting when old. I, when I was playing <laughs> games with real-time combat and yeah you're getting old it, it wasn't until like about 10 years ago when i actually started getting into rpgs i was doing the grind on the train i was starting to understand the nuance of the strategy and all these other things I'm like oh yeah these games are great and since then i played through final fantasy 10 and final fantasy 12 those are the two that i've played through and along the way like before that i tried a bunch of other final fantasy games and just never got into them but now you know, going back, I'm like, I don't know why, but it's just kind of scratching that itch right now. And understanding that remake is actually, while it is literally a re, it is it is literally a remake of the original. There are certain aspects of the game where it's in a way a sequel or something that exists as a part of Final Fantasy VII as a universe versus literally a retelling of the original game. So I wanted to play, play the original to have that additional context. So that's why I'm giving another shot here. And it's good. It's good. And what's funny is like PS1, I remember the original Metal Gear Solid game blowing my mind. Like there's moments in that. Do you remember playing the original Metal Gear Solid? Uh, I'm trying Did to remember where I started. the original Metal Gear Solid? Because I, I don't think I have. Okay. Um, I think I've seen it, obviously, but I don't think I've actually played it. Because I wasn't a PlayStation person either. I okay. was... I was Nintendo and then Xbox. And then within the last decade, it's been PlayStation. I came late to the so game. So basically, since I became an adult, I was playing yeah. PlayStation games. So I don't think I played. I think I maybe saw the the third, the second or third and actually played it. But I didn't own a PlayStation. So I had I had friends with it and I would see these things. And I was like, oh, my God, like the the action in that game, the the cinematics that, you know, the fully voiced cinematics, the drama the like the amount of things that happen you're like oh my god you're like fighting the specs you, you switch the first person the rocket launcher to shoot the just shoot like the metal gear rex and oh the fight like revolver ocelot everything cyber ninja ninja jumping out change like all these things that happen that have this like cinematic flair and you're like this is like a movie it's like i'm playing a movie and and i realized like the reason everybody loved final fantasy 7 is for like there's tons of those moments in this game. I'm like this thing, it like blew people's minds over and over and over again. Yeah. The fighting through menus still kind of sucks. Like I, I get it. Like my, I wasn't wrong as a child. All right. I'll still stand by that. It's fine. It's pretty shallow for modern day RPGs, but it gets the job done. And, but man, like when you, when you get to these points, like there's certain moments in there that still stand out. And I just, try to put myself back in that in those shoes where 
if I was playing this thing in the 90s, when this thing came out, and you see Sephiroth in the flames, that you couldn't take it. Like that was like the most that, that had to be one of the most dramatic things people have ever seen in the game. <laughs> like the villain reveals himself at like, the time. Oh yeah, God, absolutely. this is like the coolest shit ever. And then some of these, and then all the backgrounds are pre-rendered. So some of these, like the depth perception is awful. So sometimes you have no idea where you could even go on a path, let alone like how to get to, <laughs> let alone your objective. Um, but once it transitions to these cutscenes and these views they give you, it's like the the idea of this city, like the whole the whole point of Midgar, which is like this you have these slums underneath and the city is raised above it. Like it's it's some of the coolest designs and ideas in a game. And for this thing to exist like twenty five years ago and be fully realized in this way, even at like you've, what three hundred twenty p again, yeah, you made me want to play this again. <laughs> it's it's awesome to think about what what that was like for people at the time it's just funny because i would it aren't like i try to even think of as you said like turn-based games like turn-based rpgs is that the most popular genre of video game um like worldwide popular no no you mean like as far as volume of people that play them yes no i no i don't are you sure because i'm not Yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure it's not because some of my favorite games are all some of the games I remember back the most on, and it was funny because I was thinking about this when they started announcing what was it all the Nintendo stuff that they announced a couple of weeks ago, and everyone's like, "Great, we get Advance Wars remakes." Oh yeah, and then everyone goes, "Well, where's the Golden Sun remaster?" Because Golden Sun, I would say that that series, at least the first two games, or did they only make two games? Um. That that's one of the games I remember the most out of anything I've played is the original Golden Sun, and yeah. that's one and that's like a straight up role playing game like to a oh, T yeah. from Game Boy. Yeah, it was um, like Game Boy Advance. Like that was the and you, I remember playing that, looking at that stuff. Even visuals on that yeah. small screen were just awesome because you can kind of pre render stuff. There's a lot that you can do with storytelling of turn based games that I feel you can't do in action games. Because you spend more time trying to get the mechanics down right versus hitting these big moments and then playing those moments out and then moving on with the story after. I mean, that's a bit of Pokemon as well, right? Like you're kind of you're, you're basically the whole game of Pokemon is you travel between gyms. <laughs> like that's it. Like you fight little battles in between, but most of the game is you get to the big boss battle and you fight someone in a gym and then you move on to the next part. And there's like the the changing of that as you grow stronger is always going to be fun um so yeah i'm just interested when you say like that's not the genre that's your which makes sense it makes sense to me i just wonder if whether or not this is the most popular genre out of all of them because it might yeah so here we go so for 2018 from statista statista i guess this is um so video game sales in the u.s in 2018 by genre action 26.9 percent shooter 20.9 percent Role playing eleven point three. I mean, you just look. Shooter, all you need to do shooter has look to at be Fortnite, Call of Duty. Well. Call of Duty is yeah. a top selling game every year. Yeah, every year. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially and if in it's America. Not, I was wondering if Japan would swing that over, or if China or the the Eastern yeah, but the world volume would of people, the volume of people is like the the amount of people in the U.S. that play. Let's just say the amount of people in the U.S. and Europe who play Call of Duty, for example, is larger it's than most the entire <laughs> gaming population of Japan. Yeah, it's most of so, them. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, and the thing about role uh, turn based RPGs is that 
you know, they're usually more prohibitive to a mainstream audience, not because of the gameplay, because the gameplay is arguably the most accessible, but more so by the content of it that it's presenting. Like that very Japanese anime style is very much a part. Of it. So did you play the original Final Fantasy VII? I did. Okay. Back in the day. Because um, I remember back in the day, I had a friend that was all about this game. And I was over his house for a weekend. And this was all we did was play this game. So it's one of those cases where I remember this specifically because this dude couldn't stop talking about this game. And so we basically passed a controller and just played this game after I made mistakes the first time. But then, you know, you stay up until four or five in the morning as a, as a you know, as a kid playing this thing. Um, so, yeah, I remember this game. I, I don't remember did all I, of the did final. Did I describe it? How, did, how was my description? About, of- yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, I remember watching this being like, yeah, this is pretty nuts. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, this has had to be, like, early, like, right before I went to high school. I remember this. Yeah. So. And like I said, the game is, uh, it's, has it aged well? I don't know. You need to, yeah. you need to have the context. If it came out today, no, the game would be shit on all over the place. I mean, just the pathing in it is so bad. Like, it's really, really bad. But you can get this on Switch. It's like 16 bucks, And it goes on sale all the time. The 3D hmm. character designs are hilarious. The arms in the 3D yes. models, like when you're walking around, are some of the weirdest looking things. The yes. joints are disconnected. Like they, <laughs> they basically flex like Terrence and Philip. It's really strange. Like there it's and and the transition when they're in battles, things actually look pretty decent, all things considered. And the pre-rendered cutscenes look look very okay, I'll say. You know, if you look at them as a style, but again, you you compare some of that stuff to what was around then and the time when it came out, it's like, it's unbelievable. Like I, yeah, I, I just love this as a, as a time capsule game. It's not, not usually I'll talk shit about nostalgia a lot. A lot of these games you play and you're like, Oh, I remember this. Then you play it. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, you're like, all right, I'm good. I'm done. But this is, this is one of these games where, you know, the combat is so simple but it does have that layer of strategy. Some of the, there's no UX quality of life issues. So that, that clearly, I mean, there, there's no UX quality of life changes that help that matter. So that doesn't yeah. work. The age is there for sure. If this game released game. today, exactly, old. exactly. Old game is old, but like I said, still enjoying it. I'm liking it. I think I'll be able to push through, especially since I probably won't be picking up Mario golf. I will just, continue to play this thing and i mean but again like this is that i would say this is probably the this is the biggest crossover this is the game that's made the most impact on the western world that comes from japan right this has to be it pokemon i guess is number one sorry no final fantasy is a series oh um yeah pokemon's the biggest now yeah but at the time this was the game oh yeah this this is definitely a huge um yeah a huge breakthrough for Japan for role playing games. Now, granted, yeah. there was other Final Fantasy games before this, but this was the one that was like a watershed moment for not just not just uh, Japanese content, but just like three D three D games in general. Between like PlayStation was a revelation in this department. Between this Metal Gear Solid and Resident Evil, like. <laughs> What more? What more proof do you need? Like that—that that was Did, really what pushed it to the to the limits. Have you? And you played the latest one, right? The latest what? 
the latest Final Fantasy game. The one oh, yeah. that came out. Oh yeah, the remake last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Or you're yeah, talking again, about, I have yeah. Final Fantasy Seven remake, yeah. I played that without ever yeah, okay. finishing seven and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. But that's yeah, truly yeah. ground up modern. That yeah, game's visuals I mean. are better. Yeah. That game's visuals are better than the CGI movie uh, Advent Children that that came out, you know, years ago. Like you yeah, because I remember watching that, going like, "This looks awesome," <laughs> and, and it still does. Play this, but, yeah. it still looks good. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. But if yeah, oh, you were talking about the game? No, I mean, I mean the movies as well. Like Square Enix is a company make some of the best visuals, regardless of if it's film or games, ever. Like their stuff is awesome. Like some of the people that I've talked to that used to work at Square Enix, like their talent is unknown. It's it's nuts. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's kind of, like you said, it's kind of hard to get in, like it's turn-based, it's stuff that's not shooters and action games. So, well, that's the thing. So the remake is not turn-based. The remake, the remake is more, is like real-time action, but there is, um, but you can pause time to activate special abilities and there's elements of it. It's a really cool fighting system that they have in seven. It seven is seven remake is a really, really great game. Like it's, it was, Last year was such a great year for game. Last year is going to go down as one of the great years in games of all time. Uh, where it's interesting, knowing that we were in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I know. Well, it's not the games that were coming out last year that were truly impacted yes. by the pandemic. It's all the games that were going to come out this year that were impacted by the pandemic. Um, but there's about five. There's at least five games that came out last year that release them any other year, and they're game of the year easily. Yep. Final Fantasy Seven, yep. Hades. Ghost of Tsushima. I'll throw Last of Us Part Two in there, even though I didn't have fun playing that game. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've talked about that on a previous yeah, episode. But it then, wasn't fun the, to play through. It looked great, but it wasn't fun but to play. Final Fantasy VII was like, I, I'd say if I had to choose, yeah, it, it, again, it's like it, that's either second or third place tied with Ghost of Tsushima. It's like pick a day, and that's what I'll say is my favorite game of last year. Hmm. It's that good. Um, and like I said, the spectacle alone. The funny thing is, that game looks so good on PS4 all the time, except when you go to your apartment, you go to like this little apartment that you stay on and the door to the apartment, it's like, there's no texture on the door. It's like, I thought something was bugged. I literally restart the game when I got to that point. And because I thought something wasn't loading and I'm like, no, this is, this is literally what they shipped the game with. Like this is, this is just a super low res texture on this door. And it was, and everything in the game looks so good, which made that stand out to such a degree. And they, and I think they even acknowledged it when they released the PS5 version. It's like, look at this door. <laughs> like they fixed yeah, it. Think of the poor version. guy that was in charge of making that, that texture for the door and probably was his first version and just made it in there. Like good enough to me. Yeah. Everything in the game looks outstanding. Otherwise, like it's incredible. It really is. And the particles in the game, like the stuff that's flying around. Oh my god! Yeah, I might, I might replay it. I might replay it because I get the PS5 version was a free upgrade, so I might, I might very well go through it. At least playing that opening sequence is so cool. Really good. They definitely pioneered a lot of, um, a lot of what makes cinematic gaming a thing these days, and a lot of that early way of playstation stuff because nintendo wasn't doing any of that stuff because of the n64 cartridges it was very limiting yeah. for this kind of thing it was playstation that was able to do that with their cds now granted this was on two cds 
and then some games came in even more. I actually downloaded on Game Pass on my Xbox, I downloaded Final Fantasy VIII just to see what that looks like. Because I remember that also looked really great. I played the PC demo of that game back in the day. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't like this combat play fight going through menus again, but everything looks very pretty. So I'm just going to, I might just boot that up just to see what it looks like. I don't, I'm not going to play eight right after seven. There's no way I can't, I can't no way. Got to do something else. Yeah. If you want a turn-based RPG actually, um, or you want a tactics RPG, Disgaea six just came out for a switch today and there's a demo. So maybe check that out. If you're looking for some, wacky over-the-top tactical uh, rpgs yeah it's cool anyway that's it i got i got nothing else to say um on that however i do have my ipad here so let's take a quick look at the reviews let's see what we got podcasts here we go i'll tell you what i've also been playing i've also been playing a lot of redacted i can't say what it is i've been playing but it's pretty cool okay you can tell me once we're off. <laughs> yeah. Well, something uh, something I'm actually working on. and I've, I've been playing a lot. So I'm working on something pretty cool. All right. Let's see. Here. Let's see. Anything new? June 16th. Whoa. Last week. Greg wrote this one. I know he did. Yo, Greg. Is it, it five stars? Or did five Greg stars. give us one star? Five stars written by Apopolis. Talk, talk, talk. Been listening to this fun podcast regularly since it started. They have great banter and interesting and differing opinions on various topics. So nothing ever gets too boring. Never feels like the episodes are as long as they are, which is a good thing. Good job, boys. Explanation point. Thanks, Greg. Sounds like Greg needs a dollar. (laughs) Your dollar's in the mail. (laughs) All right. Do that. And I'll read your review, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Mary. More, more review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more oh, reviews. Poor, do that. Poor poor Mary. <laughs> she, get, she didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> what do we have oh, she did. You know what you did, Mary. Well, because your language, because your salty mouth. <laughs> I'll talk over. I want. This is late night. This is late night. We're like, um, with those, you know, there's like some... Uh, these are after hours, you know? We're like uh, Adam Carolla, Loveline, keep, right? Keep, keep trying to justify your terrible language. <laughs> That's fine. Look, we got seven rate. We got seven ratings right now. Let's get to 10. Let's set up little baby steps here, right? I need three of you. Three of you to write a review on, I, on iTunes. That's it. Just three. I mean, here's a real question. Have we written a review? <laughs> not doing it. I refuse. I will not. I haven't I done it either. I won't write reviews for my own things. I don't... I actually, when I, when I'm doing games, I'll actually tell my teams, I'm like, do not review the game. Like, don't, I don't want to see anybody's name on a review because it skews results. I don't like it. I don't (laughs) like it. I I like to, is that one of your moral, is that one of your moral principles of life? Don't review your own work. Don't review your own work. I might lack, I, I, I'll tell you what I try. I try to have integrity in some aspects of my life. That's one of them. You know, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be called a fraud. I'm just too lazy to review anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> mine or anyone else's, <laughs> whether you want to call me, you know, whether you want to call it uh ethics 
or laziness. Choice is yours. Choice is yours. All right. He's abroad.com. That's all the links to this podcast. Subscribe, you know, braid us. Said that a bunch of times. John might send you a dollar. Should send you a dollar. He will send you a dollar. Until next week, this podcast is over.